0: So, hi Nicole,
1: how are you doing? I'm good Caroline and welcome to that podcast, the engineering podcast that talks to leaders in the electronics and manufacturing industries.
0: Yes, we, uh, we've been talking to some people about what they're doing to cope with uh, COVID and uh, we were speaking to a mentor of yours recently, weren't we Nicole?
1: We were, the, uh, the legend that is Gary Livingstone who is MD of LG Motion, Minitech UK and Precision Acoustics um he's actually helped me for years he was a client of mine many moons ago uh when i was sitting on the other side of the fence shall we say and he's actually mentored me a lot throughout my own um companies forming and expanding and he's always given me good advice let's not let him hear that though eh?
0: (laughs) well i hadn't met him before but researching for the podcast i was really looking forward to it he runs three companies as you said when some people are struggling to run just one. And especially in COVID times, it was impressive. Mm. Yet he's managed to turn these setbacks into positives across all three of those companies.
1: He has, yeah. I mean, he's he's always been very forward thinking. Um, he's combined working from home um, in the past. But I certainly think now... Um, the preparations that he put in place for all three companies, working from home, choosing who to furlough for health and practical reasons, and keeping touch in you know, via Zoom. I just don't know when he rests and he's always smiling.
0: <laughs> he was, wasn't he? Everything was a, a positive, which was very refreshing. Yes. The the companies are all very different, of course, but all affected by COVID in the different ways. But he was prepared for the lockdown, he saw it coming and made um, put some plans in place and it was interesting what he had to say about LG Motion and aerospace and the defence markets and of course um, precision acoustics in the medical market.
1: Yeah, the most interesting for me was Minitech. Um, I love what he was telling us about the safety screens and how they're installing at Heathrow. Um, you know, he goes goes into details about that.
0: Yeah, I I thought that was interesting. I'm I'm quite looking forward to when we can travel again and, and see them. And I, I loved the way he uh, he described the business as big boy's Meccano. <laughs> and uh he he simplified everything, which was obviously quite a complex extrusion process mm. and just made it so uh so blindingly obvious of what they were doing and how they were doing it and the processes involved it was really interesting and he had some interesting thoughts about the travel and and climate change and how the world might look post-covid
1: yeah it was a very positive chat wasn't it i mean uk manufacturing will recover which is good to hear um but let's certainly hear what he told us let's listen more
0: You have the three businesses, so I can imagine that's what's accounting for a lot of your time, trying to spread yourself across LG Motion, Minitech and Precision Acoustics. How early were you able to assess each of those companies' business practices ahead of lockdown to put measures in place?
2: We actually started uh, probably late February, early March. Uh, and primarily, that's probably because we had a couple that would re- require shielding. So we we're already conscious uh, got a couple of diabetics and some with a, an immune response um, condition as well. So I was already aware and needed to make sure people were going to be safe. Um, infrastructure wise, just about everybody was already set up for home working. We did have to buy a few more laptops so to enable that home working. But really, other than that, the the facilities we operate in allow for a lot of social distancing anyway. We're not on top of each other. So social distancing is never an issue. Um, I like to think that personal hygiene should never be an issue, but, it's, uh, but it doesn't go amiss, reminding people. So in terms of assessment, prior to shutdown, we were ready. And the shutdown then just was the catalyst to say, right now, let's push the button and make it all happen. So before the shutdown was announced we had several already doing home working anyway and then the official shutdown just enabled us just to roll that out a bit further
1: and that actually felt like uh, and and just speaking from personally my business it felt like that came quite a bit earlier than the actual official lockdown you know it was we all we were all talking about it weren't we we all knew we had to put a lot in place and Gary you've got you've got you know big premises you've got a lot of space there haven't you so i guess that helped in some ways that the staff that were able to stay, you were able to literally socially (laughs) distance because you've got massive factories, so, um, which I guess not everyone has, do they, so.
2: I mean, the biggest thing to adapt to were the the Mm. rules because, you know, the government didn't know what was happening and the rules have been probably adjusted every week.
0: (laughs) Daily,
2: almost uh, at the daily, moment. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was being kind, maybe, <laughs> but um, uh, but yeah. We, so it, it's you're doing your best judgment. You like to think you're sensible people. You've got people's welfare at heart, so you're making sensible decisions. Uh, it's just making sure on the on the furlough inside was the um, it was the challenge because we didn't know what the market was going to. Do. Didn't actually furlough people until. It was probably mid-April. It's probably kept everybody normal for three, four weeks until we could establish what was happening, and then then started looking at the furlough option.
0: So a lot of that it sounds was about sort of mental health and wellness of your of your staff, looking at uh, options for furloughing as well as
2: absolutely. I mean, it was uh, you know I did. You can appreciate I had to do presentations to each of the uh, companies to let people know how we've arrived at the furloughing decisions. And it was just trying to be as sensible as possible with uh, understanding people's personal circumstances. So, quite a few had childcare issues. So, where possible, they were furloughed so they could look after the children. Uh, there was the the health, so, as I mentioned, some had medical conditions which being at work wouldn't be good. And then the others was uh, skill set. What is the minimum amount of people we could have on site that could cover every eventuality?
0: And you had to do that across all three businesses
2: all three businesses yeah
1: yeah it's, a, it's like quite a lot of another whole layer on top of already managing what you have to manage um and also yeah i mean it is what it is but it's it's a you know it's a lot but it's also incredibly uh, refreshing to hear when companies are that present to what their their company needs are um because it's something that none of us have had to really face before anything like this a lot of
2: initial concerns as you'd understand oh what does it mean what does it mean but just don't worry and we actually as a as a company made the decision as companies i should say we made the decision we topped up the um furlough rate as well rather than 80 percent we topped it up for all of april and may so, so they had full 100 percent. and it's only since june that we've actually gone down to the 80 <laughs> percent so we, we've tried to do everything we can to put people's mind at rest. Um, but as you know, the situation is changing regularly. So we have yeah. to keep moving. Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: as you say, this is no one's had to deal with anything like this before. Um, so for the immediate t- term, you're looking after staff and making provisions, but can I ask you about LG motion, uh, which is in the aerospace and defense markets? Um, With no one travelling, no one doing very much. Has that business been particularly affected by the pandemic?
2: It's coincided with us. We've had lots of export work uh, with site installations. So obviously zero travel. Um, Mm -hmm. Malaysia, America. (laughs) um, Who knows when we're going to be going to install those jobs? Because these jobs we had pretty much finished and part of the stage payments was either site acceptance or installation. Completely understandable, people aren't going to pay, we can't invoice, we can't deliver, we can't install. Right. So we're stuck with several hundred thousand pounds worth of equipment, waiting for a time we can ship it. That,
1: that doesn't sound good. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty, I mean, it's, it's kind of, what can you, where can you go with that, isn't it? There's really, you know, like you say, you've got a whole pot of, yeah, you've got a whole yeah. pot of gold waiting in the future. You can't get to it. You don't know when you're going to get to it,
2: if at all. We did some work for Airbus, uh, f- which um, we made a, a mechanical ground support equipment for uh, what will be in, in the 6 satellite. Um, we were fortunate that we actually got that completed, delivered and installed. I think it was signed off first week in April. Um, so that that's been a helpful. Uh, otherwise, we've been looking. We haven't applied yet, but we have been looking at some of the government loans to just sort of bridge the gap. It's just mm. timing.
1: I think that's where a lot of the um, government incentives are. Although we have to pay it back, it's it is that bridging the gap of cash flow where things have just taken. You know, literally, certain projects have just stopped altogether. Um, but when you're trying to, you know, you've got, you know, we've had conversations about this before, you're trying to keep business going and you, you can't shrink, <laughs> you've got to keep going. So, um, it's whatever measures are in place for that.
2: So, some of the aerospace work crosses into defense as well. So, we did get um, some critical stroke key worker status. Um, mm. So, again, staff were provided with letters to say that if they did get stopped when the, when the early shutdown was there, that they are allowed to come to work because we are producing for That's medical important. industry, defence industry, um, well, and yeah, critical care, science scientific research, all those sorts of things. So um, yeah. we again, we're very fortunate. I still consider ourselves very fortunate. We have been able to keep working throughout
1: and doing important work as well because you know when you're if you're helping those sectors. That's very important. I think that's one of the things I've certainly um, been more aware of working in this industry in this particular sector is how important it is. You know, it's been vital to get us through this pandemic is the work that you guys have been doing. Um, Not just with LG Motion, but with your other companies as well, they're all pretty crucial. So, you know. A lot of
2: work (laughs) with the uh, national institutes and a lot of the universities. So that's suffered massively um, because Mm. they're shut um working from home you can definitely see an impact on projects and everything else have just stalled whether other companies are still talking to people via teams and zoom to actually allow these projects to continue is certainly not coming out out their four walls into to industry for more business it's gone very quiet on that front And then prior to um, the shutdown, there was a lot of interest in our collaborative robots and automation lines. And again, because they're big investment projects, they've gone a little bit quiet at the moment in some sectors. Other sectors are actually pushing forward and wanting wanting to spend money now.
0: Because presumably the collaborative robots help with people when they're to, to keep the social distancing on the production line, don't they?
2: It would all help. It's automation, it's improving the overall but it's sort of like an overall country strategic supply chain policy um, that certain key products should be manufactured in the UK. Cobots have got their place, but I think where so many businesses are unsure what the future holds, cash is king. So they're just keeping hold of the money. So the investment is is just staying. Um, And potentially some would be particularly good PR if they've taken all the government furlough money straight after that stops. They then make a lot of people redundant, but in automation. It's timing. Automation has got to come, Um, but I understand some of the bigger Mm -hmm. companies are conscious of their PR.
0: We mentioned their medical. That's something that Precision Acoustics is involved in the medical sector. So is that right?
2: All three businesses have business in the medical industry, just at different types. Okay. so, as you mentioned, we'll do more on the medical research. Um, precision acoustics with their acoustic and ultrasound measurement uh, transducers and hydrophones quite often get used on medical research and also the calibration of equipment that is then used for further medical research. So, for instance, like the body scanners, uh, they're all calibrated using precision acoustics, um, membrane hydrophones.
0: Okay. So, has that... Has that been good for business?
2: Um, it's actually the, the reverse. Um, we do a lot of work with National Physical Laboratory. They actually kept their calibration division open for medical. So we've had some of that come back for calibration. But again, it's, as has been mentioned in the news, is that a lot of the other medical services, cancer cares and everything else, have almost ground to a halt. And it's the body scanners that our equipment would be used to calibrate. And all that work stopped. Therefore, the calibration slowed down as well.
1: And is that is that change? Because obviously now, I mean, I know, of you know, certainly with the cancer treatment and those that that specific is that something that's sort of lifting now, Gary? Is that something that you're sort of hearing from your side of the business that things are changing? That I mean, are you as a you know, I'm intrigued um, as a, as a listener as much as anything that are you getting that kind of back? background information maybe more advice without getting political that, that then yeah. you know then, then we're getting just from going on news every day because it's because it's vital to how you run your businesses
2: more and more people are back to work more and more of the labs are, are being opened they're being incredibly cautious um, so i think they're only uh, opening occasional labs get some data, then everybody work from home to actually interpret that data. So they're they're keeping very safe. Uh, Precision acoustics, where probably 75% is export. So we're actually seeing a phased return. So we saw business pick up in the Far East quicker and it slowed down. It was slower to dry up in in America as we're all sort of phase shift. So we're certainly seeing a level to uh, um, Far East business return. And Europe is making, you know, bits of progress. Yeah, I've got, I've got no further analysis for you. I'm afraid, Caroline. It's just, uh, we're, our comments internally is hmm, interesting, but we don't know why.
1: <laughs> Do you think that it's? I mean, you've always been very forward thinking um, in the way that you. Impatient. Well, I didn't want to say. But you know, it <laughs> no, but you you are very forward thinking in the way that I mean, look, you know, a man that stands at his desk rather than sits for a period of time, that I know that you did. Um, but just in your the way that you, you know you, you make your work environment for your company and being a business owner myself, that's something that I'm always interested in seeing how other people do that. Do you feel that this um recent events you know people are working at home more just like you were saying now about precision acoustics is that something that you think that things might change um, without giving it all away clearly because you probably need to tell your staff before you tell I us
2: <laughs> absolutely no no i mean i think it, it goes without saying i think nationally i mean it's um i find it difficult to believe that people that have been working from from home for the past three months can't then justify working from home one to two mm. days a week um at least, yes. at least. So uh, there could be hopefully a 20% reduction of traffic on the roads. Yeah. Um, which would be great. Um, but, yeah, I can see comfortably. I mean, two, two of our people, we've already said, regardless of what any government rules are, they are staying at home until yeah. Christmas. Yeah. They will be doing research work from mm-hmm. home and that's it. We're not even getting, letting them back into the office. Um, and it's taken a bit of learning for us all. Uh, to get used to the likes of Zoom Teams to actually conduct meetings and yeah, I'm, I'm fairly. I prefer seeing people in in the flesh, um, gauge responses. Yeah. I think that's the only thing I'd say about project work and actually just managing the team is it's very difficult to get the um, the soft touch reading of people when it's on the screen. Yeah, it's
1: it's yeah. certainly it's certainly different. It's certainly different. Um, but I think actually, um, I did a I did an an online course um, a few weekends ago, and I thought, how is this going to work? And there was 15 individuals, and it was all day for three days. And actually, they sent us out into breakout rooms. I didn't even know Zoom did breakout, I'd hate to admit that. But you know, we did all these different things with Zoom. And actually, I was really impressed by it, because that connection you're talking about, it it is there but you have to sort of search a bit deeper for it than when it's just in front of you which you know when you're busy it's much easier to do isn't it um but I think um obviously certainly Caroline and I wanted to really talk to you about with with the whole being that we are now in the summer (laughs) very much so as we're sweltering (laughs) here I've just noticed I'm actually sort of beetroot colour um but it's you know, how this is affecting um obviously the well the tourist industry, isn't it, Caroline? And what you know, the questions we wanted
0: to ask Gary there. Yeah, well, they're already talking about we might be able to go to Spain and Italy, I think, and all these air corridors, and we can finally get out of our houses and, and see different uh, different scenery. Um, which brings us on to the the Mini Tech um installation at Heathrow, yeah. which is uh very timely and uh, very supportive. Um, Could you tell us a bit more about what that involves and how it came about?
2: Minitech is um, a modular aluminium profile building system. So um, I normally summarise that as big boys Meccano. It's a building frame. You can make anything you like out of it. The core business, it was all designed, was for safety guards, conveyors, and this goes back to the early 90s when it came into the UK. So The need for protective screens, be it Heathrow or anyone else, we do all the time anyway. That's what we're we're geared up to do. Full machine in shop. We have the supply chain. Um, There's been, I think it's been in the news as well, quite a lot of difficulty getting hold of the the clear panelling, be it perspex or polycarbonate. It's 1,200 square metres I procured in the first week of April. Okay, so... This is, again, looking at the opportunities and uh, can see what's going to be coming about. So we had 1,200 square metres of clear panelling. Heathrow approached us, um, again, fairly fortunate here. It was an ex-employee who left us about eight years ago. just so happened was at Heathrow. Knew they had an issue, their existing supply chain weren't being very responsive. He gave me a call, and uh, within a week they had a sample. Uh, actually at Heathrow installed, the engineering team using it. By week two, we'd become a tier one supplier to Heathrow, uh, which I'm almost told is unheard of because it only takes people about two years to get to that status. And it was, it's purely been about the value we can offer to Heathrow. We were doing the designs, we we're doing the prototypes and we could deliver quick. There was no excuses of, no, we haven't got it. We had everything in place. Um, and that's really helped us grown from there. So I think to date, we must have put in the best part of 400 screens at the moment. It's, uh, it's an interesting project. They are fairly demanding, but fairly realistic as well. And it actually, for their requirement, suits our product down to the ground. Airports know that social distancing is going to be needed for several years. Uh, It's got to build confidence. So the product is, um, it fits in with their existing design scheme. So it looks like it's always been there. And Heathrow are used to dealing with 300,000 people a day. So it's going to stand up to the the rigours of any impacts and knocks and that of seeing 3,000 people a day.
0: So where do these screens go? Are they for, as you're going through the security or as you're going through?
2: They protected all their staff first. Um, so there they um, their internal security points and uh, then we moved on to uh, what they class as um, the divest, redress uh, and storage zones. So basically when you've got your, your, your bin where you have to take your belt off, your shoes off and anything else, put that into the box. So there's a screen there it, and there's a screen when you actually have to uh, get redressed again. So wherever you can think of in an airport, you'd come face to face with a, an airport employee. Right. There is now a screen. So it could be the checking desks. It could be um, mm. just going through security, customs desks, mm. all sorts. Um, and you can imagine there's quite a lot of those in an airport.
1: And That's maybe there's yeah. going to be more coming <laughs> up as well. Because, I mean, surely now that things are opening up, I mean, I'm sure they've thought of everything. I'm sure they've got an amazing team in place. But, as with anything, when it actually goes into being practically put in place, there could be much more that comes up, right?
2: Well, it is, but it's, you know, the people at Heathrow have been very professional as well because they've been going through difficult times with their own redundancies. So some of the people we started the project with have Mm. already gone. And some of the project people we're working with now will not be there in two or three yeah. weeks' time. So it's a, it's a very bizarre environment, yeah. again, is that everyone's having to work very quickly. There's no real long-term working relationship there. So relationships have to be established very quickly, as does trust, as does the supply chain. And we're just changing people yeah. at the moment. Part of the reason I'm going to site on Wednesday is to meet a new group of people, because they know that they're still going to be there at the moment. I
0: yeah, guess. That, that can't help, can it? So what did you have to supply? You said a prototype. It wasn't just a piece of Perspex then cut to shape and shipped <laughs> off to BA. To I've, <laughs> I've <laughs> seen some of those in a do? few
1: places. The, the mobile, the mobile, you kind of, you <laughs> know, I feel
2: terribly sorry for people with those. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's fit for purpose. So we had... Um, they 've got dimensions that they need to fit things into, so they're giving us dimensions, um, so we have to come up with a design that fits and can mount to their existing equipment um, and then initially, we had to provide prototypes just to build the confidence level. yes, you've got a drawing now we want to see the quality of what the goods are like so that's why we did the prototypes, got the quality got the engineering team to install. Um, you had to make sure everybody who was involved was happy with the product because there are certain people that are only interested in how it looked. There's obviously people interested in how long it's going to last. People interested is, is it really going to protect all my staff? And other people is, how easy if we have to move it? So we had to sort of prove they a number of customer requirements to meet. Um, but it is a it is a frame, it's um, it's edged, it's all an aluminium frame with a clear polycarbonate screen. Uh, but it's say it's designed to last. It's gotta meet three hundred thousand people a day passing through it ultimately.
0: And and all their luggage and baggage and kicks and kicks, uh, that's
2: exactly yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So I, and what we're very pleased with is the uh, the product, you know, with I knew it because I'm biased, but they've now found how useful it is and versatile and they're rolling it out to many different areas. And they're much more confident taking on doing more of the work themselves, again, which is a great help to us as res- available resources.
0: I was going to ask, was it quite easy to install at Heathrow? Because presumably there's not much traffic uh, footfall there at the moment. So did you have a free rein to install it quite easily?
2: I'm pleased to say, Caroline, we haven't installed a single thing. Their engineering okay. team have.
0: Oh, right, so you're just supplying it.
2: And that, that was part of the trust that had to be built up, is that we had to supply it right to what engineering were expecting because they'd already allowed how they were going to work out
1: to Mount Hill. Okay. and as the, So
0: you had to work with their engineering team absolutely. as well. To and, that, and that yeah. was
1: particularly because of this pandemic. So normally you would have gone in, you would have put that in, is that right? Or would it normally have worked like that? Or does it depend? We could have done, I mean... it, it the
2: you know, I don't want to under, underdo ourselves. They're, they're relatively simple guards, don't get me wrong. They're not super complicated. Um, we would normally have probably con- done a, an initial install just so that we're happy yeah. with it. Um, but no, Heathrow have taken that on board. Um, but the whole project, again, has been done with probably between six, eight people and team meetings. Yeah. A lot of it's been done by video. So it's, it's a testament to everyone that it all went together and worked. Mm. Amazing.
0: And is that is the installation complete or is that still ongoing?
2: Oh, that'll be ongoing for some time. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think we've. Uh, I think uh, terminal two and terminal five. We've done a lot of work. Terminal three and four is being done at the moment, and then I think we're going round again to to other bits that they need looking at.
0: So will this go on into the summer throughout the summer, end of the year? It's, how many units are we talking about?
2: Yeah, it's part of the reason I'm on site again Wednesday is just to understand, I mean, because air travel is so low at the moment, there's obviously not a massive priority to get every single terminal fully kitted out.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, so we'll find out more on Wednesday of just what their, their rollout plan is.
1: Obviously, Gary, you're, you know, your business is Minitech UK, but there's Techs all over the world. So is this something that is now, I mean, is this the same in other countries? Or is, is, you know, with the other airports... Europe and
2: it, it certainly could be I mean to date, we haven't had a, a single other airport inquire on us but yes yeah, certainly I, I, do, I don't know if uh, Madrid is in touch with Minitech yeah. Spain for yeah. instance Frankfurt in touch with Minitech Germany mm. I don't know um, but certainly the they could offer exactly the same service
1: and also all the other areas mm. that you've now gone into other industries that are you know talking to you I know in particular I mean I know you'd already sort of been touching on new areas but now certainly retail and you know i mean obviously we've had we've had um those those screens up in post offices and things like that haven't we but now everywhere we go there's every shop you walk into I, I went to a car dealership the other day and you know there's screens everywhere in there i mean they're everywhere literally everywhere <laughs> so it's a, a a lot of lot of sectors you've got to get to you're going to be busy
2: yeah. Well, I mean, the far, several uh, of the very large fast food chains have been in touch. Um, and it's interesting that they haven't – they've had samples. They haven't committed because, again, government rules keep changing. And also they're concerned, even if it's a collection service, can they control the crowd outside mm-hmm. the shop? So, again, they're actually being quite socially responsible, in my view, of it's not just a case of how many can we sell – Actually, if there's going to be big crowds outside our shop, that is not good socially. So they're they're choosing not to do it.
0: Hmm. So do you think air travel, shopping, way of life is is going to be different after COVID-19?
2: I do hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully this has made people look at their values and what they think is important and what's really needed. I mean, if you don't need a car for three months to go into town to buy a coffee you've got to start thinking do you really need it how much did that really add to your life in travel you know as much as as, i love travel why are we doing so much of it what's the what's the end purpose um so i'm just hoping a lot of this just change people's values slightly climate change is obviously the big thing now and this could be a catalyst to try and actually improve some of our approach to uh climate problems
1: yeah, I mean wouldn't that be fantastic? We're already um I mean where I live in I'm I'm in the countryside, but under the Gatwick, you know, flight path. And just even now when we hear a plane where we live, it's so loud. It feels so loud because we've all just got so used to the quiet. <laughs> So, And, you know, you just think what well, that's doing for our environment as well. So it's difficult, isn't it? There's swings and roundabouts, swings and roundabouts.
2: Travel, travel for me is fantastic, I think. People need to travel more to grow and experience Absolutely. different cultures. But that's a bit different from jumping on a 50-quid flight <laughs> for a few beers and a bit yeah. of sun. Um, um, so it's, uh, I, I think travel is very important for, for the world. But again, you, even as we're doing here with on Zoom, a lot of business meetings you know could you cut back one or two a year and use zoom instead of jumping on a plane it doesn't have to be big changes just I mean even
1: prior to lockdown Gary to be fair if we'd not had zoom in our world we would never get hold of you <laughs> it's like we've been getting hold of Gary on zoom pre-lockdown we were, we were sort of you know we were certainly trying it out for a while but it certainly has been an, a, an incredible tool for this period hasn't yeah. it for all of us
2: it's great. I think in two months, I think I've only filled the car up once.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens to the automotive sectors. Because I know personally, you're talking about cars sitting for three months. I am that person and I'm now just, I'm locked into something I don't want to be locked into. You know, it's that it's that kind of, well, what is the point? Mm. It literally has not moved for three months. Like. Yeah.
2: Um, possibly no surprise following on from that one of the industries that has continued to be investing during this shutdown are people in the electric mm. vehicles we're still seeing investment from that sector to improve the automation yeah. process so that say wherever there's a pandemic has been horrible but there's normally always a good something good that Absolutely. comes
0: out of it so what what do you think if you had to sum up what's going to come out of this pandemic that's for the good, for uh, not just your businesses, Gary, but for, you know...
2: Businesses I'm less concerned about. I, I just think it's, uh, just, as I mentioned before, people just assessing what's important in their life. I mean, I, I've spent... Well, I've spent more time with the family than I normally do. That's not a bad thing. Maybe for them, but not for me. I don't know. <laughs> um, but the, it, it's just different. I think this has given us all an opportunity just to take mm. a deep breath and just reflect a bit more. Um, most of it may go back to normal, but, uh, again, even the, uh, the generation that's just had all their um, A-levels and degrees all messed up, they may be looking at the future slightly Definitely. differently.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Uh, like, like you say, I think if people have, have realised that they don't need the car and they can maybe walk to the certain shops instead of going, to, maybe those habits will stay with them for a little while. You know, and you were talking about some of your, your own uh, employees. Mm-hmm. If they've worked from home successfully, then why not do it for a couple of days a week as a regular new working practice?
2: I'm all for it. I absolutely agree. Um, I think the, there's often been a problem with trust, with people working from home. Are they really working? Are they really productive? Um, hopefully those who've had the opportunity to work from home have reinforced the fact that it is productive and they can be trusted um and it continues um and i still think it'll be an interesting thing to what happens with some investment funds now that have got so much money they just pump into building office blocks just how busy they were they they may not be for the future as well
0: true so that there are some restrictions being lifted we were talking about what's going to happen as things start getting back to normal. But So how do you see the transition back to normal life panning out?
2: I think it's going to be really tough. I'm not often a doom and gloom, but I can't believe unemployment will be less than 10% come Christmas time. Uh, and it's, it's going to be horrific. Um, you're already seeing people starting to make redundancies now, and it's going to speed up once... Once the summer's through, I think from August onwards, you're going to see a lot more redundancies happen.
1: Oh.
0: Do you think that will be some kind of shift? You're saying that you're going to receive some payments for some of the projects uh, air related. So there's going to be that cash flow coming through in some ways. And then do you think there'll be squeezes other, other ends? I think there
2: will because the, um, there's nothing coming in at the top end or well, the top end is very slow. Mm. Uh, so, if people are going to hold on to investments, um, I mean, for instance, we've invested in a new machining centre, which is due for delivery July the twentieth. So, we've we've committed to one hundred and twenty thousand pounds worth of new plant coming in. Uh, we committed that again. Timing's a lovely thing. In February, <laughs> <laughs> um, would we still have done it in March? Well, you know, maybe, maybe not. But am I going to pull out of it? No, definitely not. Um, because we are still going to need to to cut metal in the most effective way we can. I
1: think it is like you say; you have to keep forging forwards with the attitude that things will improve. Because as much as you can be reflective and think, well, you know, because I I agree with Gary on, on lots of counts, but it is that thing you've got to keep. You've got to keep going. You've got to keep going.
2: You know, you've got to face up to reality. Yes. You know, we are in a. An awkward you know it's a horrible situation. Um, what's the worst that can happen that very rarely does happen and then what can you do to put it in place? what's in your control? I only worry about what you can what you can worry about um, and what we can do is make sure the jobs we've got now we get out as best we possibly can. we still look after the customers the best we possibly can. the rest will come out in the wash.
1: Wise words, wise words.
2: (laughs) We're just very pragmatic. We're just engineers. You just want to get on and be pragmatic. Uh,
0: Do you see that as MD, that that's your role to remind people to to be conscientious, to be maybe more considerate?
2: I think it's some of those things that you never think you need to say it, but maybe you should just in case. (laughs) Um, so it is, you know, and I can see some people looking back at me going, you're teaching grandma to suck eggs here. Why are you telling me this? But I know I can put my hand on heart and say, I tried to let everybody be aware of the situation we're in. Mm -hmm. It's up to them what they do. I can't control what they do outside of work. All I can appeal to is that their judgment of being socially responsible.
0: Mm -hmm. I have to say, I still—it's three months in. I still find it hard to keep six feet away from from people when you're just talking. You you're you walking your dog. You see your friend who's also walking their dog, and you have to remind yourself that you need to stand a couple of dog lengths away, because it's not natural to do it, is it?
1: <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we we are social people. We want to be especially close. when you're a hugger like me. It's yeah. a nightmare. I'm literally going up to people, going, "Oh, I can't." No one actually knows what to do and also I find it interesting that sort of social distancing when you you know when we're outdoors we're all sort of a bit anxious around each other but when we're inside people seem to be forgetting totally that we're social distancing so there's a real feeling of uncertainty at the moment isn't there and I think that's a lot of them watching what will happen over the next few months as well isn't it. We're learning as we go at the moment aren't we really that's that's where we're at.
0: Um, yeah, we are. Yeah. As, as Gary says, they, they keep changing the advice, the recommendations the, uh, as they learn more knowledge as well. So we have to just keep Absolutely. adapting. Yeah.
1: That, so will you be we? working from home, Gary? Yeah. Will you be working from home more?
2: Well, I have a, a wife and two daughters that are working you have, from you home. You have
1: two daughters and, and a, you know, another isn't there someone on the way at the moment during this crisis?
2: Yeah, yeah, my youngest daughter is due probably within about Amazing. a fortnight. Um, so, again, interesting family uh, situation is she was all due to move out. Of course, virus shut down, not moving out. Uh, so now we're going to be having a newborn in the house oh, in about two weeks' time. Fabulous uh which will be an interesting dynamic as well so we've um <laughs> i'm sort of sure i old for making up at two three four and five in the morning <laughs> again but uh no i mean it, it, it it's great in a lot of ways it's it's ideal because at least my wife and i will get to see the grandchild immediately and not actually have this three yeah. months yeah. Where, where we can't do anything yeah. so um in some ways we're very lucky
0: One other comment I had, which I think, to be fair, you've included in a lot of your answers, Gary, but what words of encouragement would you have for anyone struggling to manage a business during this pandemic?
2: Um, Yeah, it's a difficult one because I've actually got some very good friends who've uh, lost their businesses during this period as well. So it's good to have a a support network around yourself. Uh, As I mentioned before, you've got to face brutal reality, there's no point trying to kid yourself that if it can go on or can't go on. Um, there's a lot of good people out there. Most people have got a fairly good network of business associates you should be able to speak to and just pass some ideas through. Um, but with any situation, it will pass. Mm-hmm. Whether you're in... you're When it you, when starts up again, you're back in the same guys, or whether you've had to change yourself to still be there. That's the challenge. But generally business owners um are, are very resilient and they'll find a way
1: is there anything else you'd like to share with us gary you're i, I know i i have got to say this caroline because we it was a great um thing that you pointed out about your linkedin profile quote gary which um <laughs> oh, the yeah. house and never looked back i mean you are a risk taker I know that having been a, um, a a personal mentor of mine for many years it, Gary's great <laughs> you just start him off and he goes so um but you know there's some really interesting things that have just come up on this I think isn't there there's areas that we can really dive into which um is fantastic so thank you Gary <laughs> That was great. I
0: really enjoyed speaking to him. I thought what he was saying about the zombie economies was was quite refreshing, talking about the economy there. It's all still unknown, isn't it?
1: It is, and his advice and views could probably be applied to any business. I mean, you know, examples of getting a support network and associates around you.
0: Yeah, it must have taken a lot of thought to get the business ready to go into this lockdown. So, mm. But he was upbeat about it all, though, wasn't mm. he? I I like the fact that that he's deferring all his celebrations for 2020 and he's uh, got a bumper year coming up and he's just like well we'll do it next year instead
1: quite right too he's definitely earned a party or two by 2021 um we'll definitely catch up with him again later this year and we're going to have lots more podcasts from other leaders in our industry so it'd be good to look out for our latest podcasts um obviously on chattyhatter.com and thanks for listening This is That Podcast by Chatty Hatter, your media and marketing partner. Get in touch with us. Email us hello at chattyhatter.com or visit us at chattyhatter.com.